that right there can save you so much money and allow you not to pay nearly the amount of taxes that you would have otherwise paid. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited. As always, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. How about you, Ted? Good, man. Good. Um, just plugging away here. So, yeah. Tax tax, tax time right now. So, yes, it is. You know, always an exciting time of the year. Uh, March 15th is the deadline for uh, K-1s to be sent out to all our investors. Uh, this last year, man, was a freaking disaster. We were late on, I think, all but maybe one or two um, K-1s to our investors. So that was not only embarrassing, uh, but just a freaking, just a, just a disaster. And the CPA company that we use, they said, hey, you know, we're, first of all, they told us they'll get them on time. Next, they told us they're going to be at the end of March. Okay, great. We can, you know, tell our investors, hey, be patient. You know, they're going to be late, but it's not that late, right? They'll still be able to get their taxes done. And all of a sudden it was, hey, you know, sorry, but we're not going to be able to get them done until maybe like May. And we're going, excuse me, what? May? Uh, and so we had to tell our investors and talk about embarrassing because we already told our investors, here's what you expect. And then it doesn't happen. And so it looks bad upon us. So we actually changed. We went to the degree of changing CPA firms. We said, this is, this is not going to happen again. And we're going to get our taxes done on time because look, our investors expect good communication. They expect real results. And so we said, forget this. We're not doing this again. And uh, and so change CPAs. And now I think the vast majority, uh, oh, I know the vast majority are going to get done um, by today, the 15th. And of course, this recording is coming out after the 15th, but um, we've had a lot of them come in already. Those have been already uh, posted to our investors. And we've got quite a few uh, more coming today that will be posted to investors as well. And I think we do have to unfortunately file um, one or maybe two extensions, but those, even with that, those should be done within, you know, a week or so, probably by the time this recording comes out. So. Yeah. And I, I will say I am one of those uh, investors who got the delayed K-1. I was ready to get my pitchfork and my torch and join the mob and storm your office. But I realized like, oh, I can just uh, file an extension and it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. Filing extension is not the worst thing in the world, but you know, it just it just causes more disruption to everybody, and so nobody likes disruption in their lives. And especially, you know, it, look for a business owner, no big deal to file an extension. I file an extension every year. It's just how it is. There's too many moving parts. There's too many taxes to get done, um, and so we file an extension every single year. But if you're W-2 and you don't file an extension every year and you're expecting to get your tax, taxes done on time and this happens, it's like, ah, now what happens? Now what do we do? I've never done this before. So uh, everybody's a little different in their their reaction. But for the yeah. most part, our investors, uh, I think all of them were, hey, you know, this sucks, but we understand. 
Yeah. If you only have a W-2, I think taxes are pretty simple. I mean, when I only had a W-2, I, I did my taxes myself. I, it was really yeah. no big deal, but with multiple Especially real estate- you don't have deductions. Yep. And, yeah. Exactly. But it gets really complicated very quickly when you have multiple investments doing multiple things in multiple states. And so you really do need some help. Uh, and, uh, you know, hiring a, a good CPA who understands real estate investing is really vital for that. Yep, exactly. So that leads us to our topic, Matt. What's our topic today? Real estate taxes. Ooh, real estate taxes. So I think we first need to disclose that you are not a a CPA tax advisor, anything like that. You're not licensed. I, same thing, not licensed, not a CPA, not a tax advisor. So if anything sounds like advice today, it's just our, uh, you know, thoughts. And, uh, you know, I would highly recommend hiring a CPA. Uh, and like Matt already said, like hire somebody that knows what they're doing with real estate. I think that's super important. If you're going to be a if you're going to own a business, if you're going to own real estate, if you're going to, whatever you're going to do, you want to hire the expert that's really good at that, right? If I'm going to own franchises, I'm not going to, uh, to hire H&R Block to do my taxes. I'm not going to hire a CPA that's really good at real estate taxes if I'm going to own a bunch of franchises, not real estate, right? So I want to figure out, okay, how who's the best CPA for what I have. And maybe I, maybe I own a bunch of businesses and also invest in real estate. Well, then I need a, probably a bigger firm that has experts that do both. Right. So we've hired a big firm specializes in a lot of different things. One of them being real estate. And we did that because we don't want mistakes made. We want a CPA that's going to, you know, back themselves when, the uh, you know when the government comes knocking and says hey we want some some proof that these were done right which you know audits happen so um so anyways i would suggest anybody hiring a good cpa there and a good cpa is also a consultant and the more you know money you make the more businesses or real estate uh, or assets you own the more need you're going to have for that professional uh, you know, that tax professional. And yeah, exactly. When they're knowledgeable, they're worth every penny that you pay them because the amount of deductions that they can get you, uh, you yeah, know, it, it pays, so much money. Yeah. It pays for itself really. hundred percent, hundred percent. So, yeah. Um, you know, we, we had this mess, we've now corrected it, but I think it's important for people to understand, you know, some, some of the reasons so some of the tax advantages of real estate, which is what we focus on. So that's a huge positive about investing in real estate. And you can you can get those tax write-offs whether you're an active investor, meaning you own a duplex, own a single family home, own an apartment building or a commercial property, or if you're a passive investor and invest in a syndication. Now you can't get those same tax benefits if you're investing in a REIT, and that's really important to understand, like where am I getting my tax benefits from? So I think that's valuable, but, um, and they all have different advantages, but they all have similar advantages. Yeah, you, you brought up REITs. I mean, I don't even necessarily consider that investing in real estate. It's more investing in business and that business happens to own real estate, but- uh, yeah, you know that yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I 
don't want to knock rates too much because I, I actually do think they're a valuable asset, but um, it's definitely not, like you said, it's definitely not real estate investing. It looks, it looks a lot different. Yeah. It's more like stocks. Yep. A hundred percent. So here's the thing. Uh, tax advantages. So most people have heard of depreciation. Okay. So what that means is your property, the government says your property is going to be worth nothing in a certain time in 27 and a half years for, for um, any, you know, anybody, uh, any residential. Um, and then um, it is, what is it? 37 years, 30 Wow. Wow. I'm blanking completely. But for commercial real estate, uh, it's a longer period of time. And why am I blanking? I think it is, uh, I don't know, 37 years. Matt, look it up for me, would you? Sure. Um, and so that it says, hey, you know, your property is worth this. And so if you have a single family home or duplex or something like that, um, you're going to take the value. So let's just say this property is worth $500,000. Did you find it? 39 years. 39 years. I knew it. I, when I said 37, I knew it wasn't right. I just couldn't think <laughs> of the actual number. So um, thank you for that. So you're going to take that property value. So let's say it's $500,000 and you're going to, you're going to minus the land value. Okay. So maybe the land value is a hundred thousand dollars. So now $400,000, what you're going to do is you're going to take $400,000 and you're going to divide that $400,000 it by you know 27 and a half if it's a residential property that we're talking about so so four hundred thousand dollars divided by 27.5 you're going to be able to write off fourteen thousand five hundred forty five dollars a year and and that is that is going to offset your gains all right and so you're saying hey maybe you made maybe you made net cash flow um of you know $10,000. So you're going to show the government even though you made $10,000. You physically put $10,000 in your piggy bank, right? You're showing the government that you also lost $14,545. So you actually lost $4,545. So you're showing the government you lost that. Now, depending on who you are, you can write all of that off um, as, as a complete loss on your taxes. And we'll dig into that. Now, one of the cool advantages of commercial multifamily, meaning larger multifamily, it doesn't have to be commercial, quite frankly, just properties that cost more money, is what we can do is a cost segregation study. And a cost segregation study goes in and they the engineer comes in. They, and the reason why it has to be more expensive properties because it costs money to do. So it doesn't make sense for a small, you know, $500,000 property, in my opinion. You know, some, somebody might say it, it does, but again, talk to your CPA and see if it makes sense. But what they're doing is they're going in the property and they're saying, hey, these uh, this drywall, that it, it has a life expectancy of only 15 years. And then, hey, by the way, the screws that hold the drywall up, those only have a life expectancy of... You know, those have life expectancy of 20 years. And oh, by the way, the 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 roof has a life expectancy of X amount and, and the appliances and all that kind of stuff. And so they start breaking every little thing down and they go, the value of these appliances are, you know, $10,000, yet they have life expectancy of five years. Okay, we're going to take 10,000 divided by five instead of uh, 27 and a half. 
And so now you've got this kind of move up in tax write-off. So instead of being able to write off $14,500, maybe now you're able to write off uh, $35,000, okay? And show a bigger, more sizable loss. Um, and then there's another thing called bonus depreciation. So we can actually move it even farther forward with this and say, wow, we lost even more money today. So we can take some pretty sizable losses. And that's a beautiful thing, especially if we continue to buy it. Now, one thing I want to say, Matt, what happens with all this depreciation when you sell? Uh, it's recaptured. Right. You have to pay it back if you've made a profit. So if you don't sell the property for zero, you do have to pay it back. Now, there's how do we get away with that? That sucks, right? That's a big tax bill. So how do we get away with not paying it back? Uh, 1031 exchange. Right. So the government has this little thing called the 1031 exchange where if we sell that property for a light kind property. So if we sell a duplex and buy another cash flowing property, it doesn't have to be a duplex. It could be a, could be apartment building, could be self-storage, could be a lot of different things. But if we buy a um, cash flowing asset, real estate asset, we can 1031 exchange that profit into the next opportunity and we don't have to pay taxes. The other way we can do it is buy another piece of real estate. And if we buy another piece of real estate, we're going to have a big tax write-off on that piece of real estate, which is we're going to offset a lot of the gain on the current one. And so you're going to probably still have to pay some taxes, but you'll have to pay a lot less, especially if I put in all of my profit, all of my gain, my original principal, all that. Now I have a big um, tax write-off that I can have that'll offset a lot of that gain. So that's another way to do it too, is reinvest within that same tax year and you know do the bonus cost segregation and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you'll be able to write off a lot. And there's various rules involved with the 1031 exchange uh, that you need to follow as well. And then uh, actually another workaround I want to add is instead of selling the property, you refinance to pull out your capital and that's tax-free. Yep. Yep. Pull, pull out the capital tax-free. That's a gorgeous way to do it, right? You're, you're avoiding the tax yet. You're able to free up more capital to be able to then purchase another piece of real estate and start depreciating that piece of real estate, which then obviously alleviates some of your tax liabilities. Now there's two types of people, two types of taxpayers. One is your traditional taxpayer. The other is your real estate professional. Okay. Matt, do you want to explain the difference? Well, you know, a real estate professional has to have that, you know, official title and uh, you get that by working 750 hours or more uh, per year in real estate, you know, specifically. And that has to be the majority of, uh, you know, your work that you're doing for that year. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you. It could be your spouse, for example, if you're married. And then uh, if your spouse is a real estate professional and you're filing your taxes together, then that counts to be able to write off even more. Uh, from your earned income as well. Yeah. So that's a good workaround. A lot of people are like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a busy professional. I'm working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a, a week and uh, I'm making a lot of money. And the, the reason why I am investing in real estate is because I make it a lot of money. But if I stop it doing my W2 job, 
or running my business, I'm not making the money. So I don't have any money to invest. So how could I quit and become a real estate professional? Well, if you have a spouse, you know, if your husband or your wife is sitting there and maybe has a part-time job or maybe is staying at home with the kids or, you know, just wants to quit their job, whatever it might be. And they can then do real estate 750 hours, you know, of real estate. Now, all of a sudden you can qualify. Um, again, talk to your CPA, make sure they're doing the right things, but they could become a realtor. They could uh, run your properties, uh, whatever it might be, but they can be involved um, as a real estate professional and you qualify for that status. Here's the great thing, Matt. What happens when you qualify for that status? What can you do? Uh, I mean, you can you you have extra write-offs that you're able to do uh, with your real estate investing. Right. You can write off your income. Oh, yeah, your earned income. Yeah. Your earned income. And that's that's huge. So if you are not a qualified real estate professional, you cannot write off your earned income. So let's say in your W-2 job. Um, you make $300,000 a year, you cannot write that $300,000 off, even if you have $300,000 worth of passive losses. And again, these aren't losses. These are gains. Just the tax benefits are showing as losses. You can't write that off. So the only thing, so what's the benefit then? The only benefit you get, the true benefit you get is, let's say you have stock gains or any other investment gains, or you sell something you can write those gains off, okay? So any other passive gains can get written off. So if you're like, hey, yeah, I'm making a bunch of money in the stocks or Bitcoin or whatever, you're making a bunch of passive um, you know, money gains, you, your tax, your, your real estate can you know, kind of just take that and chop that down to, to zero, right? Um, but if you can qualify for that professional real estate status, if you've got a, a spouse, uh, if you yourself can do it, man, that right there can save you so much money and allow you not to pay nearly the amount of taxes that you would have otherwise paid. And it's all legal too. I mean, it's all the law. And yeah, I mean, why pay more taxes than what you're supposed to? I'm, you're going to give the government a tip? Uh, no, I mean... You know, if you can pay, you know, pay what you're supposed to legally, but not more. And and this, you know, reduces your amount of liability for taxes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things I, I, and this goes, I'm going to go back to kind of this 1031 exchange. A lot of times I have these conversations with people that, you know, they, they're selling their property and they, they have a duplex or they have a 20 unit building or whatever it is, but they don't want to buy another one. They don't want to be active. And so they want to invest in our syndications. Well, it's hard to take 1031 money in our syndications. We do. We do at times if it's a larger amount. So, you know, if it's a million dollars or more, we're happy to work something out to be able to take it. But if it's, you know, just a couple hundred thousand dollars, it's really hard for us to take that money. But whether you're a real estate professional or not, what's nice is if you make that, you know, sale happens and it's two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. And again, you reinvest and you take that money. Let's say you make in profit. $300,000 and your original principal was another, you know, maybe you, you, you paid some of the loan off. And so your principal is, uh, you know, $300,000. Now you got $600,000 to invest. If you reinvest all $600,000, you're going to be able to have a tax write-off that's going to write off 
all $300,000 profit. Now, again, I don't want to guarantee anything, but likely, very, very likely, if you reinvest in in one of our syndications or another syndication that you're going to be able to, that does cost segregation or bonus depreciation, you're going to be able to take that whole tax right off. You can just show $0 in gain. Um, and as long as you continue to do that, right, every time that you sell, you reinvest, you will not have to con- have to pay taxes. And we call it defer, 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 die, meaning eventually you continue to defer, defer, defer. Eventually when you die, then it's a step up in basis with your heirs and they don't have to pay any taxes. Yes. And uh, I would say also that uh, you know to do this, to make this happen, there has to be the correct legal structure in place, whether it's a tick or a DSW. DST. Or DST, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, and that's if you're doing a 1031 exchange, absolutely, yep. But if you're doing what I just mentioned, that's the lazy man's 1031, they call it a lot, a lot of times, then you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. You just have to reinvest your your profits and your principle. I mean, the more you reinvest, the more, you know, the, the more likely you're going to have a zero tax hit, right? You could, you could make $300,000 and only reinvest $100,000. You'd certainly get some benefit from that, but you're going to have definitely a bigger tax hit in that case. So oh, another two, you can do a partial 1031. And so if, again, if you are supposed to move $500,000 and you only move 250, you're going to pay taxes on the 250 that you should have moved to it, but you didn't. So you can do a partial 1031 exchange that can help you, but it's not going to fully alleviate your tax issue. Another way around you know, taxes when you're selling a property or to defer them at least is to do seller financing, to essentially be the bank. So your equity that you have in the property that you're selling, you roll it over into a mortgage for the new owner. Yep, yep. Yeah, definitely a way to do it. You're paying, um, you're not paying that big tax burden on on the sale right away. So um, for sure, for sure, a good way. Anyways, um, I don't, I don't know. We could keep on going, but here's the thing. I, I think um, anybody who's a real estate professional, you're a real estate professional. If you're sitting here listening, you're a real, licensed realtor, for instance, and you're not passively investing in real estate, with some of your commissions, you're missing out huge on what you could be writing off. And so consider, hey, what can I do, which passively investing in, right? What can I do to mitigate some of my tax liabilities? How sweet would it be to make $500,000 and only pay taxes based on making 200000 instead? 300 or 400, right? You're taking and saying, Hey, yeah, I still made that $500,000, but I invested some of that money. And now the government, I can have enough write-offs. So where the government says, Oh, you know, you got enough write-offs. You only made, let's call it $300,000. And now you're only paying taxes on that. That's it. That's a great benefit. Cool. And then I got one recommendation for a book for our listeners, uh, Real Estate Loopholes by Garrett Sutton. What great book that really lays out even more details than we've covered today. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, Matt, I don't have anything else. It's tax time. Happy taxes. Uh, hope you get to pay a lot. No, I <laughs> hope you get to save a lot. Thank you. You too.
Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.